Reawaken your love for the Lord and get inspired. The Sheridan United Pentecostal Church Old Time Revival, September 9th and 10th, 720 South Sheridan Avenue on the corner of South Sheridan and Coffeen. At Sunlight Federal Credit Union, we know how important convenience, time, and flexibility are for you. That's why we've joined the Co-op Shared Branching Network, which gives you access to your account at over 5,600 branches across all 50 states. That's just one more way we make Sunlight Federal Credit Union your branch for your funds, no matter what you're doing or where you're at. Join Sunlight Federal Credit Union today and start experiencing the credit union difference. It's that time again. The 2023 Sheridan Startup Challenge is live. This is Scott Rendell, Director of Impact 307 in Sheridan. We are now accepting applications for our 2023 challenge that will help us identify the next group of new, innovative businesses for our area. Filling out the application involves just a few questions, and it's free. You can find the application link at SheridanMedia.com. Impact staff can help. Call 675-1939 to set up an appointment. Hurry, the applications are only accepted through September 18th, and we want you to be included. Announcing the final days of Legacy Diamond and Gems Remodel Sale. Save up to 50% off their fine jewelry throughout the store. That's right, up to 50% off. At Legacy Diamond and Gems, they need to reduce the inventory to prepare for the total store remodel. Sale ends August 30th. So for the best selection of fine jewelry at up to 50% off, hurry into Legacy Diamond and Gems, 11 North Main Street in downtown Sheridan. Sale ends August 30th. Heads up, whether it's at work, at home, or play, take a few seconds to look up and locate any overhead power lines. When working outside, be sure to keep yourself and any tools or equipment you're using at least 10 feet away. Teach your children to fly kites or toys in areas away from overhead power lines. And do not attempt to remove anything that has become tangled with a line. Always assume an overhead power line is energized and dangerous. A safety message brought to you by Montana Dakota Utilities. In the community to serve. Delicious McDonald's deals are now more fun, more accessible, and better than ever through the McDonald's mobile app. The app is now the only place you can earn My McDonald's reward points on every McDelivery order. Plus, you can get those free McDonald's rewards you earn delivered, too. Just order, relax, and enjoy. McDonald's will bring your faves to you. Just go to the Google Play or Apple App Store and download the new McDonald's mobile app and start saving. Download it now. McDonald's, Sheridan, Buffalo, and Gillette. This is Public Pulse, your information and conversation program. Brought to you by First Federal Bank and Trust. You can voice your opinion by calling 672-KROE. That's 672-5763. Now, your host for Public Pulse, Floyd Whitey. Whiting, and this morning I am joined by the managing member of Storyhouse Property Company, co-founder and executive board member of Veteran Village and CEO of Storyhouse Pictures, Sean Higgins, and Chief Creative Officer of Storyhouse, James Brown III. Good morning, gentlemen. How are you? Doing well. Thanks, Floyd, for having us back. Oh, I love having you guys on the show. Uh, James, you and I met this morning. Um, what do you think? Uh, how long have you been around Sheridan? Uh, I've been in and around Sheridan for about four years now. Um, but I just got back into town this morning. Or oh, did last you? night. Last night. Yeah. yeah. What'd you fly in for? Where were you? Uh, I live in LA. Oh, so you do? I oh, do. Oh, wow. Yeah. 
but you know, I I enjoy my trips to to Sheridan. It's it's become second home. It's become a huge part of my heart, and so I'm always happy when I get here. Now I don't want to get off on a, a side tangent, but uh, I very rarely ever get to talk to someone who lives in LA. Um, <laughs> what's the weather like down there right now? We're hearing all kinds of stuff. Oh, it's perfection. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, weather in LA is perfect. 85% of the year. Um, I'm sure many people heard that we had a tropical storm the first, like, in California history right. last week, um, which ultimately was just raining all day. Okay, so that's the We only did thing. have an earthquake in the middle of that. Oh, no kidding? Mother Nature just decided to throw it all at us in, in one day. Well, it's California, so. <laughs> <laughs> right? But, yeah, no, it's, I mean, you know, it's 80 degrees, no clouds in the sky, no humidity. What you know? What can you, you can't ask, ask for? for better, yeah. right? Yeah. Well, how's your summer been, Sean? Summer's been good. You know, we've been hard at work uh, doing all things Storyhouse and um, getting ready for groundbreaking tomorrow, which is a very exciting milestone that we're heading towards. We, oh, absolutely. Uh, yeah, I mean that's been uh, it's been a huge lift. So between that and championing Veteran Village and getting all the things lined up there with our new executive director, I think we're on a good path. He's a great guy, by the way. Yes, uh, you had him in, right? Yeah, I did. Yeah, yeah. I've gotten to speak with him on a couple different instances, and his heart is in the exact place you want someone's heart to be when they're in charge of a project like this. He's dedicated, and he's out there getting the job done. Uh, uh, a matter of fact, I, I do believe that you said something about he's had a couple successful fundraisers. Yeah, recently. so Steve and uh, Kristen Marcus and the rest of our board, which is really, uh, we've hit a new stride as far as momentum's come, which is great. He uh, led a golf scramble here in August 13th that raised just about $10,000 and then led us through the YO Gives um, platform. And again, we raised, I believe we raised 8500 which then is going to get doubled. Oh, fantastic. Um, yeah, and Steve, you know, and the rest of the board, to their credit, uh, really came together and got the word out to the community. And I think we, like I said, that momentum has felt nice right now. And, you know, having uh, Marcus on there as well, yes. she's she's the first one I talked to about Veterans Village. Yeah. And uh, she's another individual who has a huge heart, and she's dedicated. She knows how to get the job done. Well, and it's really her brainchild. I mean, in a lot of ways, we were out here filming with Chaps, uh, Early Light, the film about veterans and equine therapy. And that was back in 2019 when we reached out to Chaps, and Kristen got back to us right away. And um, that was special. She took the opportunity and ran with it. And then, uh, like she does, she jiu-jitsu's everyone's heart into all these great <laughs> absolutely, causes. So, absolutely. Yeah. She convinces you it's all going to be worth it. And uh, she's usually right when it comes to that. Now, for those who may not know, uh, go ahead and remind folks what Storyhouse Property Company is and what your goal is here. Yeah, so Storyhouse Property Company became the uh, holding company and, and sort of the development company for the 240 acres out East 5th Street. Um, 224 usable acres we purchased from Jane Clark uh, earlier this year, and we're developing that into a, a multi-use, mixed-income, mixed-generational community. Um, and it's really, you know, looking at a bunch of different typologies for the housing inventory that we need here in Sheridan, but also looking at some economic development opportunities um, in conversations with CEDA and some other folks about the potential of a business park out there. And we're really hopeful that this community that will be sort of a community within a community will be the body around that veteran village heartbeat, as we've talked about before. And as we look at the housing needs for Sheridan, 
we look at where we are and uh, where we could be headed in that Mountain West housing equation, we really want to get ahead of that boulder if we can. Um, Sheridan is ranch community, light manufacturing community, and we want to create housing typologies that are in that attainable workforce realm uh, so that our service employees aren't displaced and you know moving to South Dakota or chasing work in other uh, economic sectors, really. Mm -hmm. So that's and what I'm glad after. you said that because that's exactly what it is: chasing work, chasing yeah. a place to live. Right. Uh, it's very hard to get here in Sheridan. I don't know how many shows I've, I've done on uh, the housing crisis or the individuals that I've talked to, but every level of government, uh, Sheridan Chamber of Commerce, mm -hmm. Habitat for Humanity, uh, a lot of people involved in this, trying to solve a problem that, uh, according to those who've been around long enough said, you know, it's been 20, 30 years. This hasn't been an issue. So remind folks what the Veterans Village is and how that will benefit vets here yeah. in Sheridan. So Veteran Village was really the, um, the catalyst for this whole project. And it's a nonprofit organization that's seeking to put up tiny homes for homeless veterans and veterans in need in a rental opportunity. So right now, um, we have 250 veterans living week to week in hotels and motels in the region. Um, that number's been supported and verified by other veteran organizations locally. And there's a lot of great work happening out there at Volunteers of America and the VA system. The VA system is really geared more towards uh, crisis and uh, that sort of Ward 8 trauma care. From there, they go over to the VOA and something like Freedom Hall, or they have different transitional housing opportunities. And then from these different um, programs that already exist, there is a pathway to home ownership through VA loans, but there's a real gap in long-term rental opportunities for veterans. Many of our men and women who are veterans aren't ready to be homeowners uh, for a myriad of reasons, but maintaining a property is one of them. Mm -hmm. So you think about someone who's in a wheelchair or on a walker and they're in their 60s or 70s. And you can imagine what these winters could do to that, uh, especially for a homeowner, maintaining a sidewalk and whatnot. And so the campus of Veteran Village is a 14-acre concept design, which has tiny homes that are 640 square foot. And then we're looking at some family units as well. Uh, but 50 initial pods, or sorry, 50 initial dwellings in 10 pods. And the idea of living in a long-term rental with a affordable rent, right? We're looking at the HUD-VASH ceiling for our model, which is 700, around $773 per month. Pretty affordable when you look at the rents around Sheridan for single bedroom or uh, two bedroom. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's kind of breathtaking sometimes when you look at some of the prices that people are asking for around here. Right, right. And so looking at that, but also having, you know, 50 folks who have some sort of shared experience, that battle buddy system, right, where if, uh, you know, veteran X, let's call him Jim, isn't showing up to uh, the campfire every night or isn't showing up to meals or isn't getting out the door to go to work, he's got a buddy who can go over and check on him, see what he needs. And that whole project for Kristen and I and the board, you know, we're veteran-led board, combat veteran-led, uh, but it's really been about listening, listening to the men and women who have had the experiences, listening to folks like Jeff Young of Young Farms and hearing his story and just taking the time to, um, to let that come from them rather than institutionalized ideas of how we should provide for our veterans. 
really letting the veterans tell us what they need and then lead that process. So that's what Veteran Village is. And um, we hope to grow into services at some point, but we have a lot of comprehensive services around. As I mentioned, there's the VOA, there's the VA, there's uh, the mobile vet clinic out of Gillette, which can provide some nurse um, and caseworker services as well. And so we're not looking to supplant uh, any of those existing organizations, we want to dovetail and work with them. Like a partnership, develop strong bonds so that the VA and, and uh, the VOA mm -hmm. can work with the veterans at the same time in conjunction with the Veterans Village as a place for them to live, stay, call home comfortably. Right. No timeline on that long-term rental, right? So it's different from the transitional housing opportunities that exist. Um, Someone could be there for three months. Someone could be there for 10 years. It's really up to them. And ultimately, that path towards independence and home ownership is the goal, mm -hmm. right? So for those folks who are able to buy a townhome or able to, you know, reconnect with family, fantastic. You know, what a big... Uh, success for us absolutely and with storyhouse village kind of built around this yep. uh is the plan or or is it just like a nice convenience that yeah i can buy one of those over there well what a dream for to have someone come through the systems you know get through the freedom hall after they're ready to get back up on their feet come over to us at veteran village and then be ready to purchase something why not in mm -hmm. a community you're already familiar with um, hopefully with jobs right down the road there, walkable uh, that would be that would be a real dream yeah now in other facets how are you anticipating storyhouse village because this is a very large facility mm -hmm. by the time it's going to be done i mean this is a good sized development uh, how do you feel this will impact Sheridan uh, with it, within the economy, within uh, the business world? W what do you think is going to happen there? You know, I think it's a really great opportunity for Sheridan. Uh, we are definitely valued in the code of the West. I was raised between Wyoming and California. Um, my dad was PRCA, steer wrestler, uh, Green Beret veteran, as we've talked about before. And his story is really led me down this path so far coming back to wyoming coming back to sheridan as a graduate of university of wyoming this is home yeah. you know and we are seeking to um walk forward with sheridan into you know what both supports and uh celebrates its legacy and moves forward mindfully into the growth that we're heading towards so when you talk about the economic opportunities right i know that there's a lot of folks hard at work trying to develop sheridan from an economic standpoint. And one of the biggest hindrances for businesses relocating is the housing market. Mm -hmm. uh, lack of housing for teachers, uh, hospital workers, uh, police force and whatnot. So we're looking at that as part of this initial need of Storyhouse Village. And our phase one is really geared towards that. So we've got 30 acres that has just finished its concept design. Um, we've completed our annexation process into the city. We're in the major subdivision process, which is our next major milestone that we're excited about. And uh, looking at that front 30 acres, we've already got two purchase agreements out there, which are very exciting. Um, folks who are intent on doing workforce housing and some rental units. Uh, so that's great for us. Um, it's great for the community. And I believe that, you know, when we start talking about uh, coaches and teachers that are here but then have to relocate because of the housing crisis. Uh, that's something that we can start to solve. We're not going to solve it. We'll put a dent in it. There's mm -hmm. some other folks, 
you know, Carlton's project on the north side of town looks really promising, Sheridan Hills. Uh, we hope to, you know, work alongside him in that market and provide some other opportunities out East 5th Street. You know, I got to take a quick commercial break, but if you could just give me a, a real quick overview uh, for those who may not have seen the concept drawings, what is Storyhouse Village going to look like when she's finished? Yeah. Gosh, a picture can tell a thousand words, right? right? Yeah, it's, <laughs> this. I mean, it's. I think the 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 thing I want people to understand is the scope mm-hmm. and the size of this development, and, and and I don't think people understand when I look at those drawings and I see the buildings. You know, those are pretty good sized buildings, and there's a lot of them up there. Uh, so this is going to be no small thing. You know, it's not, but it's it's going to happen over six to eight years, Floyd, and. Um, the first thing is housing, right? So that front 30 acres, though we're technically B2 zoned, it's really that uh, R3 residential zoning, and we are reaching out to a lot of local builders and uh, happy to continue to connect with them about that. As you move into phase two, that's where we get more into the PUD mixed use, and that's some of those businesses, um, the potential of that business park. Uh, as I mentioned, we can get back into that in the second part of this segment. And then the phase three is really looking at blending back towards the county, so larger tracks, single-family homes. Um, and throughout that process of the six to eight years, you know, it's not like uh, we're coming in putting any, we'll be smaller than the Sheridan Square building for all of our buildings. I think we're about three, four stories tops, but most of them aren't going to be, you know, above one or two. Um, so though it looks big on paper, I think that's the natural corridor for Sheridan to grow in. We're capped on the north side of town, capped on the west side of town, can't go south because the price is in Bighorn. So when we look at that service employee housing, it's really the next logical place to move. All right. And on that, I'm going to take a quick commercial break. We will have more with Story House when we return. Stick with us. You're listening to Public Pulse on 930 KROE at 103.9 FM. Sheridan. Federal Bank and Trust would like to recognize this week's winner of $1,000 cash in a $1,000 marketing donation match from Sheridan Media as part of their community commitment. Story Banner Community Food Pantry is receiving these funds per random drawing. We're giving $1,000 away every week to a qualified nonprofit organization. Next week, it could be your nonprofit. Visit our website, efirstfederal.bank, for details. First Federal Bank and Trust and Sheridan Media present Community Commitment. Member FDIC. Rooted in Wyoming's 7th Annual Farm to Table event is coming up on September 23rd with an intentional dining experience and music from Shot in the Foot and Ten Cent Stranger. This year's dinner is paired and plated collaboration of local producers and chefs, each bite telling a story that is Rooted in Wyoming. It's more than a meal, it's a chance to support Rooted's mission to cultivate local food. The Sandish Family Fund will generously be matching donations. Limited seating, so don't miss out. Visit rootedinwyoming.org under the Farm to Table tab. It's time to cowboy up and register for the annual Wolf Creek Wrangle Trail Run. Race day is September 16th. You can run, hike, or participate virtually in a 5-mile, 7-mile, half marathon, or 30K. Hosted by the historic Eaton's Ranch and all proceeds benefit Habitat for Humanity. Spots are limited, so register at runwolfcreekwrangle.com. This race brought to you by Fremont Toyota of Sheridan and sponsored in part by Sheridan Media and Sheridan County Travel and Tours. You know that old saying that people that live in stone houses shouldn't throw glasses? Well, the same goes for the guy who swears at his 4 before because it don't run right. 
Hendo's. You heard me. Hendo's Service Center will take the cussing out of you and your 4x4's relationship. Bring that bad boy in and get it tuned up. Fixed up and accessorized so it gets you where you want to go and then back again. Don't bark up the wrong tree. Bark up the right tree. Hendo's Service Center on Sheridan's Heartland Drive. Hi, this is Christy Kinghorn with Buffalo Realty. And let's talk about 260 Tipperary Road, a horse owner's dream. 41 acres located off of Tipperary Road for easy access, great opportunity for ropers or horse lovers. Nice portable roping arena with roping chute, catch pen, and return alley. This arena is negotiable along with the fifth wheel. Property includes well, electricity, eight-saw barn. Call me, Christy Kinghorn at Buffalo Realty, connecting people with property. I'm Steve Sisson, inviting you to Jackalope's Explore, the new video podcast from Sheridan Media. It's unlike anything else on your feed. Every week, the Jackalopes explore something, and it could be anything. Politics, UFO sightings, social issues, conspiracies, no matter what it is, we'll dig for the truth and explore it with a unique Wyoming perspective through an entertaining, lively conversation. Take a trip down the Jackalope hole with us every week. Jackalopes Explore, new episodes, Wednesdays at SheridanMedia.com. Good morning and welcome back to Public Pulse, proudly brought to you by our friends out there at First Federal Bank and Trust. I'm Floyd Whiting. This morning, I'm speaking with the managing member of Storyhouse Property Company, the co-founder and executive board member of Veteran Village, and the CEO of Storyhouse Pictures, Sean Higgins, and Chief Creative Officer of Storyhouse, James Brown III. We're talking about the Storyhouse Village development. Now, when it comes to the types of dwellings that, that will be built in this, uh, we've touched on them a little bit. For those who may not understand the different qualifications, what is the first neighborhood going to look like, James? Yeah, so we're, we're starting development on our, on our phase one, which is the southern 30 acres of the property, and that's going to be high-density apartment buildings. Again, they won't be over three stories. That's really what I've written into our residential design guidelines. You know, we have stunning views out there of the mountains, of ranch land, and we want to make sure that everyone in the community has access to that. Right, and so so on top of high density apartments, we're also doing townhomes attached, uh, and that's really where we want to integrate that attainable, affordable housing. And I think the the important thing for us, right? We're called Storyhouse Village. Both Sean and I are storytellers by profession, as well as real estate developers, and it was important for us to figure out what the story we were telling with that with our community. And the big thing is. We want to solve a housing crisis that we're in here in Sheridan, but also create a space that's integrated for veterans, integrated for 55 plus, for families, right? Uh, mixed uh, economic backgrounds and have that all integrated in one community. So it doesn't feel like, oh, that's the area of town that's for affordable housing. Mm -hmm. And that's the area of town for the rich people, right? No, we all have access to the bike paths, to the lake, to, um, y you know, these gorgeous views to the town center. And, um, be and in a way that's really honoring and and being conscious of being in Wyoming, being mm -hmm. in Sheridan, being in this amazing space that's stunning that many places in this country don't have, right? And um, and so then we, we get to move on up to 
commercial in the bottom with residential on top in the village center. We will have uh, single family homes, ranch homes, everything from you know quarter acre lots to two acre lots, right? So it really is a mixed community that has a little bit of everything for everyone. Um, but it all feels like it's telling the same story that's honoring this kind of modern farmhouse, mountain lodge, um, visually speaking. So it doesn't look like an eyesore. It doesn't look like New England Victorian homes right, right in the right. middle of Sheridan. It looks like, oh, this is Sheridan that we know made in 2023. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's uh, You built with the culture, really. Right. The cowboy Wyoming culture. Well, and, and within that, you know, as James was touching on that um, integration of socioeconomic backgrounds, right? So having the abilities for those shared wall townhomes that can help with some of that attainable workforce housing, but also having um, the different typologies for senior living and being able to walk down a street or a sidewalk and you share those experiences with one another so that there's not a disparity. There's not oh, that's the side of town that, you know, all the millionaires live on, and this is the side of town where we have the HUD housing, right? Well, I'll tell you what, I grew up at a, um, in, in many communities uh, as a child, and, and one in particular had literally a, we called it Snob Knob, and, and that's the first place you hit in Halloween. <laughs> you know? Well, they're the ones giving out the they, full candy bars. The full bars, candy yeah. bars, that's exactly bars. what happened. <laughs> uh, it's that, and, and I'm sure there's so many individuals out there who have that story, you know, and, and the idea that there's always going to be something like that. But it's great to hear, like, this community is going to be built around the idea of community. Uh, where we're all together, we're all in this together, and and to have veterans there uh, who who will be moving forward, and and hopefully working with the VA, the VOA to heal, to move on. That part, Sean, is I know it's important to you, and it's very important to me, um, and it's important to a lot of people within our community. Uh, it's it's really kind of the chief selling point for. O'Floyder on this one, uh, that <clears throat> it is the heart of that community. Now, the annexation process of this whole thing completed July 2023. How did the process go? You know, it was a collaboration through the full city and um, working with the DRC committee up there on our early concept maps and what would work, what wouldn't, uh, working with Hans Mercer in a really comprehensive way to imagine we have this opportunity of a quarry on site, gravel quarry, and um, the city doesn't currently have a permitting process for that. And so there was a give a little and a, a dance that we had to figure out the best path forward. And I think we reached a really great collaboration on that and ultimately something that the city council could get behind. Um, everyone has seen this housing crisis up front. I know that there's other folks making a dent, but that annexation was a key point for us, knowing that the city wanted us, uh, knowing that we had a partnership there that we could continue to move forward through. And, um, you know, truly everyone, uh, whether they're council members who reached out individually and had some conversations with us or, um, you know, city department heads who were making all the time in the world to meet and have those conversations, uh, so I'm really grateful at how that process went. You know, and, and I'm not blowing smoke, but uh, there isn't a department head in this community that I've met that I didn't like. Uh, all of them are very dedicated to what they do. Uh, they're very competent and uh, ready to get to work to help solve issues within the city itself. Well, and one of the things that I watched was, you know, even with um, 
Wade Sanner's departure, uh, moving on to his next position, the way that uh, the city administrator and the department heads were able to sort of share the load of what that role was, and they're still covering that. Uh, I think that was pretty incredible how they were able to stretch themselves. Absolutely. Now, how much of this is, in the end, planned to be commercial use? Yeah, it's a great question. I believe of the 224 acres, um, we have 45 acres of green space planned. Uh, and I, that central section ends up being about 50 acres, give or take, in that commercial mixed-use space. And the remainder of the property, about 100 acres, it ends up being housing, 110 acres. And so when you look at that breakdown, 110 acres of housing, 50 of mixed-use, which will have some housing above uh, commercial pads and then you have the um the green space right that community gathering area as james was talking about now you spoke on CETA, a possible high-tech development out there uh, for a high-tech uh, business park what are those talks looking like right now well you know um it's been a comprehensive process led uh, through Robert Briggs and MC Squared, who's done a great job at looking at the different potential properties. I think they brought five properties forward. They've narrowed it down to two, um, and I believe they're looking at the Wrench Ranch on the north side of town. There's a section of that um, just east of, sorry, just west of Highway 90, and then they're looking at us. And for our property, um, it would be such a meaningful step forward. Uh, the opportunity for CETA, I believe, is a great one, um, and they're going to have to assess that in the coming days. Those requests for proposal are due tomorrow, actually, and I think they'll be coming back with a decision in the next 30 to 45 days once the board meets and can assess the different opportunities. But we're looking at ours as a uh, contribution of land. So we're not asking CETA to buy property from us. We're looking at contributing that land to CETA and then collaborating on what that would be to bring out infrastructure towards that East 5th Street area um, and that business park potential. Uh, and ultimately for us, it helps if we have that collaboration going as a partnership, bringing new businesses out to Story House, um, creating jobs and opportunities for those residents out there we can support with the workforce housing. Uh, and that attainable housing. And then we can also create some job opportunities for the veterans and veterans village. What it does for us is the phase two of our property comes online a lot faster, which allows veteran village to get its infrastructure a lot quicker. They're along the road that would go towards where that business park is. And so that exchange of land for infrastructure is something that Sheridan has done previously. Um, it takes away a bit of the profit incentive development mentality as the sole extender of infrastructure. And it allows us to pass a lot of that savings through to our local builders and ultimately the end users who are the homeowners. Sean, I've essentially run out of time, my friend. Uh, <laughs> but uh, one last question. Uh, if you could just give me a, a quick answer on what's next. What's next? Um, we move into the major subdivision process on the front 30 acres. Uh, as I mentioned, we've already got a few folks who are ready to build out there. We break ground uh, tomorrow morning, which is very exciting on the roads. Uh, so we have our groundbreaking ceremony. We start cutting the roads and moving some dirt this fall. We do the bulk of the work for infrastructure this coming spring. That's fantastic. Sean, James, thank you both for taking time out of your day. I know you guys are very busy, and I appreciate you coming in. 
Thank you. Thank you, Floyd. All right. When we come back, we're going to speak with the Powder River Basin Resource Council. You're listening to Public Pulse on 930 KROE at 103.9 FM. Sheridan. First Federal Bank and Trust would like to recognize this week's winner of $1,000 cash and a $1,000 marketing donation match from Sheridan Media as part of their community commitment. Story Banner Community Food Pantry is receiving these funds per random drawing. We're giving $1,000 away every week to a qualified nonprofit organization. Next week, it could be your nonprofit. Visit our website, efirstfederal.bank, for details. First Federal Bank and Trust and Sheridan Media present Community Commitment. Member FDIC. Want to get wild next summer? Here's your chance. Ride on into SCLT's In Bloom on Saturday, September 9th. By joining us, you will be entered into our door prize drawing. Four tickets to the Sheridan Wild Rodeo. In Bloom, presented by Sheridan Media, is free to attend, and one lucky person will get wild just for coming through our shoot. Find out more at SheridanCLT.org. Mandy Koltiska from Century 21 BHJ Realty brings you this pet of the week from the dog and cat shelter. Mario is a sweet and goofy older dog with a young soul. He loves being outdoors and is made for Wyoming adventuring. If you need a partner on your next hike, this boy is ready to go. And it's kitten time. All shapes, colors, and sizes are waiting to be chosen by you. Stop by the shelter and have some fun choosing your new forever friend. The Story Community Library is currently raising funds for the construction of a resource addition to its library. The project began with a generous piece of donated land and construction is scheduled to be completed later this year. But the work continues and they can always use your support. Please help them now. Donate to the project by either contacting the Story Community Library or by sending your donation to the Story Community Library Building Fund. P.O. Box 188, Story, Wyoming, 82842. And thanks. Attention power customers. Montana Dakota Utilities will have a planned power outage on Thursday, August 31st at 11 p.m. till 2 a.m. Friday for much of the Story Banner area, including Mead Creek, Pompey Creek, Upper Prairie Dog, Piney Creek, Wagon Box Road, and Highway 14 south of Mead Creek to Murphy Gulch. The outage is needed to safely upgrade equipment. Montana Dakota recommends to back up or shut down computers and electronics and apologizes for any inconvenience. See more at Montana-Dakota.com. Champion Funeral Home is dedicated to providing compassionate and personalized service to your families. They provide support, personable care, and affordable prices to Sheridan and Johnson County and surrounding areas. Champion Funeral Home has been family-owned and operated since 1911. They will comfort you in your time of need and provide your family with a meaningful tribute to your loved one. Contact Champion Funeral Home at championfh.com or call 674-6369. Good morning and welcome back to Public Pulse, proudly brought to you by our friends out there at First Federal Bank and Trust. I'm Floyd Whiting. For the second part of our show this morning, I am joined by Sheridan Food Forest founder and volunteer, Carol Leresh. Uh, I'm sorry. Leresh. Leresh. Just yeah. Leresh. Yeah, okay. Just, it looks right off your tongue. looks right? very fancy. I like that name. Yeah. Uh, and conservative horticulturist for Piney Island native plants, Alicia Bretzman. Good morning, ladies, and welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you. Now, uh, real quick, this is about the Sheridan Food Forest. This is something that uh, uh, 
my buddy Trevor in there in the other room, uh, and I were talking about uh, its fascinating premise. Tell me a little bit about this thing. Um, well, it uh, we started in 2016. I heard about it in the New York Times. Actually, I read about the Beacon Food Forest in Seattle that was starting, and I said, "What is a food forest?" And so, I figured out. I I read up on it, found out what it was, and I thought Sheridan could use one of these. It's a public place for people to come in and forage for food, bring their family, learn to identify food. A lot of it is, uh, all of it we try to do is perennial, so it comes back every year. Fruit trees, fruit bushes, asparagus, Jerusalem artichoke, those sorts of things. So you would think that it wouldn't have as much effort put into it. Um, and so people do come in, and, and they can pick whatever is in there. Um, and it's just a place to get good food. And you're not going to get a whole lot so you can make a lot of jam or anything, but you can come in and pick and eat. And it's a, it's a fun thing for people to do. It's treed, grassy, flowers. You know, there's a pollinator garden there where we count pollinators every year. So that's the idea. It's relaxing. You can learn about food. You can learn to recognize stuff to eat. You know, Trevor and I were talking this morning. When's the last time? Well, I'm sure it's different for you, but when was the last time we remembered picking an apple yeah. off of a tree, straight yeah. off the tree? Yeah. And I cannot remember the last time I did that. And it's something that should be so core to my own existence, and I don't remember doing it. Mm. Essentially, I've lost connection mm. with the food that I eat. And and the Sheridan Food Forest is there to help me make that connection again. Plus, I mean, as a child, <laughs> you get a lot of you get a lot of kids who come through, pick yes, the apples, and eat yeah. them off the trees. They off the trees. They ask me where the strawberry. Oh st- yeah. Where are the strawberries? And they say, oh, they've already bloomed. And people <laughs> have taken them. This is a seasonal thing. It's the time you learn about time too, and where, what's ready, what isn't ready, and if it's gone, it's gone. <laughs> now. What is the Northern Cheyenne Garden? You so the Northern Cheyenne Garden is something um, that Carol and I are really passionate to be able to bring to the community. It is being um, housed by the Sheridan Food Forest, and it's um, a collection of native plants that are used traditionally by the Northern Cheyenne people. And so the idea is that this garden will be available as a demonstration um, for people to come and learn about the traditional uses of these plants, um, to learn to identify the native plants, and um, to learn about the way they were used as food or medicine um, or other traditional uses. And um, yeah, so the garden will have plant tags as well that'll have kind of this combination of um, what I call ethnobotanical information. So it's a combination of the scientific information, the botany part, and um, as well as the traditional uses and traditional knowledge of the Northern Cheyenne people. So you can go in the garden and see these plant tags and identify um, the plants and then learn about the traditional knowledge as well. And they also have a QR code that will allow you to listen to stories recorded by Linwood Taubel, um, where he speaks about the, the plant lore of the Northern Cheyenne people in related to some of these plants. Um, and it, it is 
a project that we hope to kind of expand upon in the future, but this is kind of an introduction um, to a Northern Cheyenne Garden tour. And a lot of the plants aren't just in this Northern Cheyenne Garden um, that we have kind of developed this year, but a lot of the plants are found throughout the food forest, which is really incredible um, to see these mature native shrubs that have been used by the Northern Cheyenne people um, like the choke cherry and the plums and um, the currants and that's amazing. So this is almost like it's really an education opportunity as much as it is a food forest or or a garden. Um, I can grab the kids. We can go down there Saturday, and we can actually learn a lot from the sounds of it uh, about various food items from right here in Wyoming, local yes. stuff. One of the other things we do at the Sheridan Food Forest is a lot of demonstration gardens. So you will see what we call the Wyoming thicket, which is if you go out and you uh, take a drive in the draws and gullies around here, you will see wild plum, native plum, you will see service berry, you will see choke cherries. And the, uh, the back of the garden is, is a rendition of that that we planted and as we call it the Wyoming thicket. So there are plums, service berries, and choke cherries back there, and we planted them really thickly so you could see, and you would recognize if you drive around here and see those things in the spring, that that's what it is. The other thing that we have is something called an Oogle Coulter Garden, which is a mound, which is, is uh, a, a fancy German name for something that if you're you're building something and you have a lot of woody debris left over, it's a way to build fertile soil. You dig a trench, you fill it with all your woody debris, you put manure, leaves, grass on top, you mound it up to a certain distance, and then you plant stuff on the top. So this year, it's a three sisters garden, but what the, the mound, I call it the mound, what the mound does is rot, rot away and create lovely soil. So we have that as a demonstration garden. The Northern Cheyenne Garden is called a no-till garden, and we um, started that in the spring, the early spring, so that it would rot enough so that we would have something to plant. That is just uh, a method to build soil not by not digging in the ground. And so that's what you do. You layer soil and leaves twigs or whatever that you have, compost, wood chips, and you let it sit and water it until it's time to plant. And that's what we did on Friday. Oh, wow. How long will it take uh, for all of this to grow to its, its full potential? It'll vary depending on species, um, but come spring you'll see um, a lot of good growth and I feel most of them will be mature by the end of the season next year um, ex with exception to the shrubs you know they generally take longer years to you know reach their full mature um, growth stage. Shrubs are kind of long-lived aren't they? They are yeah. yeah. What classifies a shrub just out of curiosity? It, it, it's not a tree it's not a bush. My definition of a shrub is it's a woody plant and it um, comes up in, from, with multiple stems from the base of the plant, whereas a tree would be more of like a central leader. That was what I was taught in school. <laughs> you have another definition, Carol, that... No, I... What, what is a forb? 
you know, a forb. I, uh, yeah, a forb. I isn't think that that's if a for, a bush is a forb, isn't isn't that a forb something? is um, an herbaceous perennial. So it's more of a, um, an herb that would die back every year, generally in general. Uh-huh. Um, it can be an annual as well, but yeah. So it wouldn't have that woody. And I think that's picture. that's what. Uh, I would think like that woodiness is really the part of the shrub part of it all for me. And that's why they take so long, isn't it? I mean, trees take decades. Shrubs could take five, six years to, yeah, to, yeah, yeah. to reach potential. Yep. Now, can anyone utilize this food forest? As long as they shut the gate when they leave. Oh, that's too easy. <laughs> Absolutely. But, no, because it, we don't want the deer to get in. There are deer out there. Uh, so um, if they shut the door, they can come in. They can pick whatever they want, as much as they want. We do not control it. We like we have a blackboard there so they can make comments. Um, yeah, it, it's for anybody to come in and, and get the food that's there or just env- enjoy the walk. Absolutely. Amongst... Uh, a lot of beautiful plants, I imagine. And if there's a apple hanging, you could you pick, pick it, it and eat it. Now, I was there not long ago, and three boys came in. That those are the ones that asked me the strawberries. They picked a lot of the apples off the trees, and they just ro- roamed around, and then they left. Yeah. I have no idea who they were. <laughs> no, yeah. It's just, I, it's just a fantastic experience. I, I think that's kind of part of being a kid, you know, raiding yeah. the strawberry patch yeah. and stealing apples out of the tree. And that is something that in this nation is becoming more and more rare. Uh, how many children, you know, especially you get into the bigger cities, have ever even actually seen a fruit tree? Uh, it's, it's these little things that I try not to take for granted in my hometown that I can still do that. And this Northern Cheyenne Garden, how, how did all of it come about? Who, who made the decision, this is the direction we're going to go this year? Um, Carol definitely made the decision to move forward with it this year. It's something that we've talked about over the years. Um, when Carol and I first mer- met at a coffee shop here in Sheridan, um, when, it, when I started my business, um, Piney Island Native Plants, um, I had expressed to her um, or told her about this project that I was doing with Linwood Tauble of the Northern Cheyenne people. And um, we were developing... I did research with him and heard from him and other Northern Cheyenne people um, this need to kind of mm, help engage the youth and help get them interested again in the oral stories and the oral histories. And then I also heard this interest in a botanical garden, something like you they had ex- experienced in Europe where you walk through and you listen to the stories and you look at the plants. And they wanted to have something like that for their traditional plants. And so hearing kind of this need and this desire from the people, I tried to develop um, a Northern Cheyenne ethnobotanical garden tour where you would go through, like I said, and see the plants, listen to the stories. So I recorded stories um, by Linwood Talbot and kind of developed this website that you could listen to as you were going through the garden. So we have a few of those stories recorded um, and just shared this with Carol and she was so excited about it and really wanted to host this at the Sheridan Food Forest. And finally, after years, um, we've had the time 
to be able to put something together and we're just so thrilled to be able to offer this to the community this year um, and to also think about the ethnobotanical garden being a place where we're conserving, we're restoring um, traditional knowledge and we are in a sense kind of um, working on this cultural gap as well at the same time. And I think it's just going to be a really beautiful way to bring people together to learn about our neighbors and their traditional ways. And there's, so, there's something profound about learning the simple things about the plants, because then it takes you deeper or takes the people deeper into their culture, because there's so much connected to these plants for the people. And so maybe it will help revitalize some of um, the traditional knowledge in that way as well. I absolutely agree with you. Uh, you know, when you think of, of cultures, food is such a large part of culture itself. Uh, you know, some cultures base themselves around you know we're in this location because of this and we eat that we're we're we, we're nomadic because we follow the herds i mean food is culture uh and, and i've only got about two minutes left could you tell me about the northern cheyenne native plant traditional uses and lore event that's coming up well this event is going to be tomorrow the 31st of august it starts at 5.30 at the Sheridan Food Forest. We'll give uh, people about 15 minutes to arrive, and then Randall and Linwood Talbull will be there to uh, uh, situated right uh, across the pathway from the garden that we just planted on Friday, and they will begin their program. They will have food to share, their traditional foods made out of many of the plants that you will see around the food forest and they and we, we will be able to ask questions of them later and then he will tell stories we will also have i i, I think that's correct but i think that probably you should talk about this is the planting we're going to plant we've planted most of the plants but we've held some back so that um we can plant them alicia yeah, so we've just saved um, one plant for each quadrant of the garden to be able to plant um, with Linwood and Randall Talbull, just to be as maybe some a way of honoring the garden with them. Absolutely. And with you know the community that's come to support it. Now anyone can attend this. Yes. Yes. Fantastic. All right, ladies, I want to thank you so much for coming in and speaking with me this morning. It was an absolute pleasure. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you. All right, you've been listening to Public Pulse on 930 KROE and 103.9 FM. Shared it. Tired of dealing with complicated bank switches? At First Federal Bank & Trust, we understand that where you bank matters and switching to the right bank should be a breeze. Introducing ClickSwitch, your ultimate solution to hassle-free direct deposit transfers. With ClickSwitch, we automatically move your recurring direct deposits from your old account to your new account. It's simple, safe, and takes just minutes. When you bank with First Federal, you're not just a customer, you're a valued member of the community. We take pride in living and working right alongside you, contributing to the growth of our local economy. First Federal Bank & Trust.
Midwest. Member FDIC. Your search for office supplies starts right here at the Sheridan Commercial Company. Hi, Kurt Smith here. We've stocked our office supply department with supplies that meet your everyday work challenges. Our online store at SheridanCommercial.com where you can explore and discover exclusive deals and compare prices with a few clicks. So whether you prefer the in-store experience at 303 Broadway or the digital office store at SheridanCommercial.com, the Sheridan Commercial Company and office supply store is your partner open seven days a week announcing the final days of legacy diamond and gems remodel sale save up to 50 percent off their fine jewelry throughout the store that's right up to 50 percent off at legacy diamond and gems they need to reduce the inventory to prepare for the total store remodel sale ends august 30th so for the best selection of fine jewelry at up to 50 percent off hurry into legacy diamond and gems 11 north main street in downtown sheridan sale ends august 30th this labor day weekend save big at moss holders design center for just four days moss holders has recliners and three-piece dining sets starting at 299 dollars sofas start at 399 moss holders also has three different end tables for just 89 dollars not only does moss holders have great door busters but every single purchase qualifies for savings store-wide find a new mattress sectional or bedroom group in stock or special order everything is on sale that's moss holders labor day sale this thursday friday saturday and monday moss holders furniture is our passion Delicious McDonald's deals are now more fun, more accessible, and better than ever through the McDonald's mobile app. The app is now the only place you can earn My McDonald's reward points on every McDelivery order. Plus, you can get those free McDonald's rewards you earn delivered, too. Just order, relax, and enjoy. McDonald's will bring your faves to you. Just go to the Google Play or Apple App Store and download the new McDonald's mobile app and start saving. Download it now. McDonald's, Sheridan, Buffalo, and Gillette. It's your comfort zone, your place to unwind. So why not have it exactly how you want it? That's right. It's time to spruce up your home. Are you thinking about a countertop remodel in your kitchen, bar, or bathroom, or adding a custom stone bar, outdoor fireplace, or hot tub with beautiful stone surrounds? Sheridan Custom Stone is here to make it a reality. Visit Sheridan Custom Stone at 1765 South Sheridan Avenue today to start your dream project. From the Wyoming Corporate Office Studio on 103.9 FM and News Talk 930.